You're listening to B2B Revenue Acceleration, a podcast dedicated to helping software executives stay on the cutting edge of sales and marketing in their industry. Let's get into the show. Hi, welcome to B2B Revenue Acceleration. My name is Aurélien Moutier, and I'm here today with Barry Desmond, Chief Storyteller at Exclusive Networks. How are you, Barry? I'm fantastic. Thank you very much for asking. <laughs> no problem, no problem. So today we will be speaking about uh, an article that caught my attention on LinkedIn that you put together about the next normal in the, in the IT channel landscape. Uh, but before we get into the topic, and despite the fact that you've already been a guest of our podcast, would you mind just introducing yourself quickly and, and introducing who, who Exclusive Networks is for anyone that have been you know, asleep for the last 20 years and don't know who Exclusive is? Thank you very much. Yeah. So I'm Barry Desmond. I'm the uh, head of global marketing and business development. Uh, but really, I'm the guy that tells the story and, you know, really tells the story from where we've been at Exclusive and where we're going, the vision uh, and our aspirations. And uh, Exclusive really has been at the forefront of the uh, emergence and demand for cybersecurity. So we're very specialist and probably a real niche player in in cybersecurity and uh, cloud transformation. And they're the two areas in which we've focused on and over the last uh, 10 years or so, we've built out a global footprint specializing in, in uh, these uh, sectors. We're in about 39 countries. We have about four, uh, 50 or so offices and 1,800 people, or the majority of which focused on uh, cybersecurity and cloud transformation. In fact, we're so special that the, the highest ratio of engineers to salespeople in the distribution layer uh, his, or, or the food chain of getting technology to market. So, you know, someone told me once uh, niches are great, he said, because, um, you know, it sort of, dis, sort of defines maybe a narrow market, but if you're number one in your niche, you can do okay. And I would mm-hmm. say uh, we are the number one cybersecurity distributor, uh, value added or value creation distribution player in the world. That sounds very good, Barry. What an introduction. I like it. Oh, I want to buy from you now. <laughs> so, so Barry, I know that everybody's a little bit fed up of uh, speaking about COVID-19, so I'm just going to make a quick quick mention of it. But we, we started with COVID. Everybody was speaking about it mid-March, all of April. And then in May, everybody was speaking about the new normal. Oh my God, how are we going to adapt? What's going on? Are my kids going back to school? All that sort of great stuff. And in an article that you put together uh, and that you published on LinkedIn that again caught my attention, you speak about the next normal, which is basically, you know, get on with it. You need to adapt. Let's move on. But can you please elaborate a little bit more of your concept for us? Yeah, I think, you know, when people look back and probably do a bit of reflection on what's happened over the last few months, you know, uh, an old Scottish bloke told me once that he only, he never loses, he either wins or he or learns. And, <laughs> and I think lots of people are learning. The biggest lesson I've learned and... Um, it really was apparent to me um, over many years, it just probably couldn't articulate it properly, is that um, uh, this whole period has, has helped us focus on the main benefit of what everybody does, and that's outcomes. You know, we're, we're, we're much more focused on the outcome 
of what we do, not the task or the process. And, and I think, you know, what we've seen during the COVID crisis is uh, some real dislocation in the way in which we do business. But the outcomes are the, are the same in many respects. Yeah, right? yeah. And, and sometimes they're, they're better. So in, in the cybersecurity world, you know, uh, when we go on to talk about the, the four phases, I sort of observed we're going through the reaction phase. We've seen a rapid deployment of remote working. And then we decided then what, you know, they needed the, the, the uh, appliances to work. They needed access to their normal daily uh, work tools, applications, services. Um, and then we had to maintain the integrity of that. And um, so what we've, what, we've, what we've witnessed is, is people react and put those quick fixes in place, if you like, and, con- you know, uh, and continue to operate. So from a continuity perspective, mm-hmm. we've seen a lot of um, resilience in uh, business, uh, resilience in the channel. And we've seen some extraordinary stories in the channel where, you know, channel partners have once again you know, I, I, I created this hashtag, hashtag channel together. Uh, they, they've gone to extraordinary lengths to deploy and to enable companies and partners and collaborations to work. Yeah, yeah. And, um, and I think that's a great lesson for all of us. And in the way in which we operate from a business perspective, I think, you know, uh, from whether it's a physical uh, dimension like offices and meetings and face-to-face and stuff like that. We've also seen that we've changed and adapted in, in, in the way in which we work. And, and in many respects, we've had better outcomes, not just expected outcomes. We are, from a management perspective, you know, one of the great things about Exclusive is what, what I call, we have what I call a center-weighted approach to, to our structure. So it's not that hierarchical. It's sort of cell-based, network-based. There's intelligence at the core, if you want to call it intelligence, uh, but there's also intelligence at the edge. Yeah. And, you know, having that structure meant, you, you, you know, you're agile and there's a lot of agility and a lot of adaptability. Now, people say, you know, I think people get mixed up between agility and adaptability. You know, you've got to have both. You know, you can, you can be quick to act, but unless you change, it's no good. Yeah. So a lot of companies may have said, oh, my God, you know, I've got to put so many people on furlough, uh, reduce the cost base of the business. And, you know, but they're not adapting, are they? Yep. They're just shrinking and maybe operating on a lower scale. But I've seen some marvelous cases of businesses that decided not only would they be agile, but they would adapt. So I've seen companies in California who were thinking about doing curbside fast food you know, in these trucks that you see or these um, trendy uh, containers. Mm-hmm. Um, and they had an 18-month business plan to do that. <laughs> and they did it in two days. Yeah. Right? So, you know, what I'm saying is they were agile. They haven't put any – they haven't sacked or, or, or made people redundant. They've completely changed the way in which they've addressed. So the outcome, or even better outcome, um, is they've, they've had a continuity program put in place. Uh, they've been resilient to this, and they continue to survive, and in fact, thrive in this basis, in 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 this climate. So, yeah. really, you know, it's 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 actually uh, my reflection on the last few months is with Challenge Convention, uh, we've had an amazing amount of resilience in the channel, 
to from a continuity perspective and uh, the outcomes of, and, and and now we're much more focused on the outcomes i mean i've seen some task driven jobs and functions within um exclusive which never in a month of sundays would you consider they could have been done from home that's perfect um, yeah but now they are and in fact better yeah, you know yeah. the the results we're getting are better on basic back back office tasks like operational the operational function uh like the credit and cash collect function we've mm. um, we've really uh focused on that of course cash is king and as that example proved we've innovated and we continue to innovate to to for us to be able to do our job and 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 serve first and and i think that's another hallmark of companies that have strong values, strong customer values and strong people values is that their, their instincts were to serve first and sell second. And, yeah. um, and we very much did that, you know, it was about, could we help you with the, the rapid deployment to say in the UK, we've had some of these Nightingale uh, hospitals set up in like the Millennium Stadium in, in Wales. And, you know, uh, I've heard of stories of us, um, you know, going to extraordinary lengths to help our reseller deliver that uh, solution to these uh, offices and to, 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 you know, to, to offer our services first, to offer knowledge transfer and education services first and innovate in other ways, in, uh, you know, in terms of transferring knowledge, increasing our customers' uh, awareness and sometimes even into the certifications and the qualification side of things, mm-hmm. offering a backup for organizations that were under stress, you know, so becoming a proxy for them with their 24 by 7 support calls, helping them out with designs. And, um, you know, when people have had to, you know, not only rapidly deploy remote ends, but actually look at the central infrastructure and architecture. Yeah, yeah. A, lot, a lot of companies have set out their infrastructure to maybe handle a couple of you know a couple of hundred you know simultaneous connections or concurrent connections and now you've got a couple of thousand and you're like oh you know it can't cope so how do we help there do you think that adaptability will carry on because it was forced on us and 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 you've been able to adapt and you felt that decisions were made quicker that things were done at a much quicker pace, which is fantastic, particularly when you're sitting in a management position, seeing concept coming to life is so beautiful. But do you think that will carry on? Do you think that that's enough? Or do you think people actually need to have a little bit of uh, the pressure of a COVID C-19 to, 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 to get that done? And, and that will go with time. I think if people turn the clock back, they're stupid and they deserve to fail. Yeah. Uh, I think we've learned, you know, as I say, you don't, you don't lose, you win or you learn. And if they're not winning and not learning, then they're stupid and they deserve to fail. <laughs> That's fair enough. And, and, you know, and, 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 you know, we've learned to make decisions quicker, for instance. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I always say I may be wrong, but I'm not confused. So I make a decision and put all my energy, 100 and whatever percent in to making that happen. If it's the wrong decision, fail fast, wipe yourself down, learn and move forward. Yeah. Um, you know, and I think the decision-making cycle is accelerated, but it, they will be less cycled. Um, so again, it comes back to the way in which you're structured and organized. 
there's a very strong command and control hierarchical approach, you'll see that those companies didn't fare well during this period mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. they've always waited in for endorsement. They're always waited in for the green light from someone above them. You know, it's more about, you know, this is what I need you to achieve. You need to take calculated risks, and I'm not giving you all the information. Management teams are making faster decisions on less information. Yeah. Getting good outcomes. They will get some bad outcomes as well. But, you know, I think the the way uh, in which management should uh, lead or leadership should act, if you like, in the future is this is the outcome I want, right? And uh, they will, you will need, to, and I'll support you in some measured risks. And, you know, the old, another Desmond saying, uh, you know, forgiveness is easier to get than approval. Mm-hmm. So take that approach. Move fast so you're agile, but change and adapt. And, you know, I think that is the way in which uh, we will see companies operate uh, in the future. I think they will be out very much, you know, the next normal is uh, is just going to be a, 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 a hybrid way of working. I think we'll see a lot more remote working. We'll see some home working, working on the move. And there will be need still for social interaction in the office. And I think, that, again, another Desmond uh, saying I was reminded of, I wrote an article 10 years ago about, you know, home working and working on the move. I said, yeah, because work is a thing you do, not a place you go. So I think we will lose things like that, you know, uh, and those challenging, will continue to challenge convention, will be a lot nimbler, will be a lot more agile, and will be a lot more responsive to the market. And um, if uh, you don't focus on your people, and people don't feel good at least once a day about what they do, uh, which is another mantra of ours, you know, everybody should feel good about something they've done every day. Yeah, then uh, they'd be stupid to 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 wind the clock back. Of course, what I've seen also is that you know working from home has a lot of benefits, which improves the well-being of uh, our people, our teams. Um, allows them, you know, to spend a bit more time with the family. Maybe have breakfast with the family. Maybe do the school run when schools uh, reopen. And, you know, and time shift their tasks to suit them. So they're more motivated and they feel better. But also, we definitely need, you know, um, those social interactions face-to-face. I've had a couple of meetings that I've put off because they need to be across the desk. You know, the, the video is not going to work. Yeah. Um, I think we'll do less of these formal meetings, you know, sort of maybe monthly team meetings will be a video, but maybe we'll have a quarterly team meeting because there are, you know, benefits of the off the record. Yeah. The being together, you know, working off each other. I remember when we first started, uh, uh, moved into exclusive, uh, from the edition days, uh, you know, I used to sit on the sales floor. It was, um, you know, uh, there were no kudos for being a director. You just sat in the hot desk area and I would listen to guys pitching, you know, for a reseller, a new technology or a new way of doing things. And I listened to them and I said, oh, that's a good idea. But have you ever thought of pitching it this way? Yeah. And so you're not, yeah, you're not, you're not overhearing conversations. You're not having the, um, 
the coffee machine conversation. You're not having someone say, oh, you know, you should, you know, maybe have a one-on-one -on -one with Joe. He's feeling a bit down, demotivated. You don't get that in an official sense. You get it outside on the fag break. Yeah. And then, you know, uh, if you get to go with a vendor, we have a lot of vendor meetings and, and uh, vendor uh, uh, knowledge transfer sessions and product uh, meetings and so on and so forth. The vendors come in. And similarly, the resellers come in for updates. And then you go down the pub, don't you? And Absolutely. Then you, uh, That's what I miss the most. Yeah. That's I what thought. I miss the most, the pub, really. It's just... Yeah. Um, it's 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 actually quite true that the pub are still closed. We should we should have find yeah. a system like a like having a bubble around us or something. But yeah, it's it's I, I, the feeling for us is very similar. We we actually have our resources asking us to come back to the office. We have some people that don't really have because of the nature of people we have working for us. They may not have a desk or a chair or a proper station at home to work. Mm. And you know, when when Boris Johnson said, well, you know, it's gonna be two weeks, three weeks max, and yeah, everybody, everything should come back to normal. You know, it was okay for people to walk from their sofa or from the side of their bed. But, you know, imagine, but what are we, 12 weeks in, 13 weeks in, something is, is I mean, time goes by, but it's, um, we, we really have a lot of people itching to come back to the office. We won't be able to have them all in one go. But last, yeah, yesterday I was actually in the office with my sales and marketing team and it was mm. fun, you mm. know. It was fun to have a little bit of banter. It was fun, as you said, to discuss about something, to listen to a call, to debrief, to speak about the call, to speak about other stuff. You know, that feeling of belonging is, is there is a requirement to do it face-to-face -face from time to time. Yeah. You, know, you can't just do it online. I think we, we human, or maybe the next generation will, but I think our generation still need the, I still love a, a handshake. I'm tempted to, 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 to give people a handshake or a call or stuff like that when I see them. I want to, I'm touchy. Yeah which is bad, always been bad, but you know. Uh, that, I didn't realize this was going to turn into a counseling session for you. Yeah, I feel much better now. Uh, Thank you very much for listening. To me. <laughs> um, but no, but, I, I, I agree. Yeah, they, um, you know, as I said, going down the pub after having those informal off the record conversations, feeling a part of the team, seeing the team, seeing the whites of their eyes and, you know, not in a virtual sense. It's very much something I think there's a huge craving for, and yeah, I think it's going to be uh, it's going to be interesting in the next few weeks. But surely we will see some sort of measured, controlled, safe yeah. uh, return. And you know, working from home, you know, we were doing lots of interesting stuff, like you know, saying you've got to have a dedicated workspace. We all have these uh, little working from home pads that I, I, you can't see it, I don't think. Uh, yeah, yeah there, there it is. You know, your tasks for the day. Uh, my big fat frog, you know, what's the job you've been putting off? What's the task you've been putting off? You put that in your big fat frog. Yeah. Uh, it tells you what calls to make. Uh, what, your big thank yous. Who are you going to thank today? And four before you shut the door. You know, what are the four things you want to do before you shut the door? So, you know, and then what are we, you know, do your menu. What are we having for breakfast, lunch, and dinner? When are we doing our exercising and stuff? So, you know, we've tried to help our people out. Um, Plan their day and organize them better, yeah. better at home. And, you know, you... next to the kettle or the pantry. And I, I had my uh, do not disturb hat. Have you heard about that? I've not heard about that. That's a beautiful hat. That's my do not disturb at. So, you know, because other people in the house, they want to say hello to you and they want to ask yeah. you, do you want a cup of tea or do you want to go mow the lawn or clean the, you know. When I'm wearing my do not disturb hat, even though I'm here working for home, I'm not to be disturbed. 
<laughs> I like that. Well, you, you also speak about the, the four-phase approach, which is, you know, kind of, a, I guess, a more disciplined way uh, to deal with disruption. So react, recover, reflect, reimagine. So do you want to take a minute or two just to go through the, the, the steps? And I guess those steps could be applied to absolutely everything, anything, any disruption that you may encounter. But do, would you mind just going through the, 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 the Yeah, so, as I said earlier on, you know, we've seen a reaction phase where everybody was trying to, you know, deploy remote workforces, put new processes in place to work safely, uh, to as much as possible ensure continuity, ensure resilience. And, you know, from our perspective, it was all about integrity because this period has been a field day for the bad actors, for people to exploit, you know, a, a huge... Uh, a hugely increased threat landscape and what we call a threat footprint, you know, uh, phishing, scams. I mean, I get I get probably three or four uh, attempts a day for people to hack mm-hmm. me or fish me because of, you know, I'm quite vociferous in the industry and people think, oh, it'd be great to have Desmond of Exclusive Networks, the cybersecurity specialist. <laughs> and um, so you just got to be vigilant. So... Um, you know that that's what went on. Then you saw you sort of were, were like, okay, we've done that and it's working. How do we optimize it? So that's the uh, sort of recovery bit. You know, it was like we put the. I always say when you when I was growing up on my first car that my exhaust was blowing and I really needed a new exhaust. But someone showed me that if you went to Halfords, you could buy this magic tape, and you put this magic tape around the exhaust, and it didn't blow anymore. There you right? go. And, and, yeah, and that's the recovery, and that's what we did, right? And it, but it worked, but we didn't want to stop and do anything because the car was still working, and that's where we're at now. We're sort of, whoa, everything's working, all right. We might not be perfect, it might not be ideal, but it is working. But then we're going to go into this, what I call it's the dangerous phase, which is reflection, mm-hmm. which is you know, ooh, do you, you know. What should you should we have do? replaced that exhaust. The, the the tape things was just a short-term fix, Barry. You should reflect well, on that. Well, this is it. It's the reimagination. You know, absolutely. Don't spend too time, much time reflecting. Right, jump into reimagination to the rethink, the big rebuild. Mm-hmm. There are two big opportunities in the channel uh, upon us. One is to uh, uh, rebuild what you know. I needed a new exhaust, a new manifold, or a new car. Oh, I'm going to reimagine the new car. And I'm not going to buy one. I might go out and lease one. So there's new consumption models to talk about. And people who are uh, sort of heavily reliant on some subscription-based consumption easily expanded to, you know, deliver more teams or more, uh, 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 more collaboration tools. Um, and now they should contract. They, uh, you know, so it's those types of reimagination. Well, how sure. much... Co- how much more cloud storage would I need? You know, where is my desktop? How can I, you know, replicate my desktop in a virtual environment? So I heard interesting stories. I speak to a lot of uh, analysts in Manhattan, you know, with the big uh, P and the big finance houses. And one of the VPs there sent his uh, executive assistant home to work from home. And she got home and they delivered her a thin client. I think it was Citrix or something and some BDI stuff virtual desktop stuff and um oh, everything was great until she switched it all on but as a good dutiful employee when she left the office she did the only right thing she thought save the company electricity she hit her desktop off yeah right so there was no way to access even though they quickly deployed 
right? There was no way to access her desktop. And they had to try <laughs> to speak to a security guard and they were on the, you know, the 110th floor and to go to get some security guard from reception to go up and, and it was a mess. So what is, how do we rebuild for the future? How do we reimagine this dynamic, um, more agile, iterative, what I call the evergreen enterprise? Yeah. And the evergreen enterprise, from my perspective, is some, something that continues to uh, iterate itself, change, adapt. Uh, as you're always on the latest version. You're always on the latest release. You've always, you know, you're able to expand and contract. You're able to deploy and reverse that uh, deployment. And you've got a, an infrastructure that is, you know, underlines continuity, resilience, and, is the, you know, you mitigate any risk. So you maintain the integrity of that. What does the doomsday infrastructure look like? Mm-hmm. And I said, you know, boring Timothy, who sits in the corner, the risk guy, that no one has ever taken a, you know, notice of, suddenly he's become king. Superhero, yeah. Yeah, you know, so... Uh, Saved us. He helped us yeah, to work yeah. from home. He's secure, my stuff. This is fantastic. Yeah. So that's what I see us doing now is, is actually looking at the way we're going to work, looking at the new habits that we're going to adopt and employ, looking at the new work patterns, the applications, the services. How do we mean the integrity of you, the user, the device? How do we maintain the integrity of the connection? How do we maintain the integrity of the data, the systems? And uh, then, uh, you know, sales guys are adapting. Marketing people are adapting. We're doing more virtual events, of course. How do you, you know, in distribution, we talk about two currencies, margin and mindshare, right? And now it's all about the mindshare. We still go look after the margin because the margin actually pays the bill. But the mindshare is important. So we've adapted to building mindshare as opposed to looking for pipeline. And yep. we look, I talk about return on influence now as opposed to return on investment. And when people return to the next normal, that influence is going to work for you in gold, you sure. know, and, and that's what we've got. To, so we've got to think the way, you know, be with sales guys now. And we're going to have 500 sales guys for one company treading the streets of London in the future. I doubt it. <laughs> what we might do is have 50 and we might have 250 working like this. Yeah, that makes you know, a lot of sense. Do you know what I mean? So there's, there are going to be uh, some dislocations. There are going to be some changes. There are going to be some opportunities. It's going to be a massive opportunity for, uh, for the channel here. So it's like work on uh, return on influence and build the people's mind share up. Um, yep. And then, you know, reimagining the future. What do those architectures look like? What do those reference architectures look like? For different, you know, for different, you know, I my sister-in-law talked about waiting for an hour online on B&Q website. You know, waiting for an hour online to be served, uh, you know, for an e-commerce transaction. What, what's that all about? That means they, they weren't set up from an application delivery or a good old load balancing perspective, right? To, uh, you know, give the, they, they, they weren't right size in terms of capacity. You know, how much storage uh, and extra data have we created? Where's that being stored? It might be Amazon, Azure, Google, or whatever. How can you get that back? Is it, you know, is it cost effective to get it back? If you've done it hurriedly, it probably isn't. Have you got the right communications infrastructure? So, you know, there's lots of boardrooms up and down the country. There's lots of boardrooms globally that are really 
looking at their technology infrastructure and saying, I don't think we had this right. The tape is still on the exhaust. We either need a new car or we need to subscribe to a new car. We need a brand new exhaust and a redundant exhaust that we keep in the trunk uh, just in case. So, so I think there's a huge opportunity to go out into the channel and influence those, that thinking. The second opportunity I see for us as we reimagine the future is, um, you know, there's a big bet that there is going to be a dip. There's a big bet there is going to be some sort of recession. And people should be ahead of that game also and adapt to that. And technology has always thrived in uh, difficult trading circumstances, in uh, recessions. Yes. Because we need to automate more. Um, and we have, um, and, and, and obviously, we need to improve productivity more if we're going to go through those difficult times. So I think the IT channel uh, should come out of this stronger. There's a huge opportunity for vendors with good innovative uh, technology and solutions. And there's great uh, opportunities for the channel. So long as they haven't exploited uh, the situation um, and, so, and taken advantage of some distressful circumstances, uh, and they would have built up their brand image, their equity, their influence, you know, their mind share, and should really focus on those two areas as they reimagine what the future may look like. That makes sense. Well, thank you very much for insight, Barry. I really appreciate that you, you took the time to, to be with us today. Uh, if anyone wants to get in touch with you, what is the, the best way to, to engage you, Barry, or to reach out to you? Um, just the normal, the normal ways. Give you a call? LinkedIn. Yeah, whatever. You know, I, I, always, I don't really give my details out, not because I'm you know, precious about them. I always think if people really want to get older me, they will. Mm-hmm. And that means if they, if they didn't have my contact details and they found them out, well, fair dues that I'll have a chat with them. Yep. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, many thanks once again, Barry. It was, uh, uh, as always, a great pleasure to have you on the show today. And you. And thank you very much for having me. Operatics has redefined the meaning of revenue generation for technology companies worldwide. While the traditional concepts of building and managing inside sales teams in-house has existed for many years, companies are struggling with a lack of focus, agility, and scale required in today's fast and complex world of enterprise technology sales. See how Operatics can help your company accelerate pipeline at operatics.net. You've been listening to B2B Revenue Acceleration. To ensure that you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.